Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, this is the church to be, isn't it? This is the place to be. The Holy Spirit's moving. Jesus is lifted up. We've, some of us have found out our voices are not bad when we're singing and praising the Lord. And he's doing a great work amongst us, which we're in the middle of at this present time. But hold on to your seats because it's only going to get stronger and stronger. If you haven't put your seatbelt on yet, get it on because we're on a roller coaster and we're going around and Jesus has begun to do something And he's going to continue doing something beyond what we ever can imagine. So, oh, you want me to have a stand? Oh, I like it. At least it's not the pulpit. That's good, isn't it? Gosh, that's fantastic. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Am I supposed to speak on that verse then, Josh? No, okay. That's wonderful. Well, they said to me, you know, you can speak on communication or commission. <laughs> and so I said, let's speak about communication because although Sarah Payne spoke about communication to do with how we communicate with each other, how we communicate with God, today we're going to talk about how we communicate with our community. And uh, you, yippee! And of course, we've been doing that lately. We've had a great time lately. I mean, soft play, it doesn't go out of my experience. Those of us who are involved there, incredible. I have never spoken to so many people in one sitting or whatever. In fact, I got tired. I thought, can I make it through this? People, person, people after people. But it was fantastic. And the, con- the uh, conversations that we had. So we're talking about communication. And we're talking about communicating to the community that we're in, not the community we're of. That's why this is the community we're of, Com Church. It's the best church in the world. And we are finding out what that means in practice. But we are communicating to that community, which we're still part of as well. But it's the community we're in. And so I'm going to read that story in John chapter 4 this morning. And John chapter 4, where Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well of Samaria. Because I'm going to speak about some things out of this which are, the, which are principles for us to understand how we can communicate more, prop, more fully to those around us. So let's read the story then, and then I will talk. John chapter 4, and we're beginning at verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. He was a, it was about the sixth hour, or nine o'clock in the morning. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water, this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. And then verse 28, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then verse 39, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Wow, what a great story that is. And we're using that story this morning to talk about communication, how we communicate in our community. So where we start is verse 7. Jesus comes, he's tired after his journey, and he comes to a woman who's drawing water from her village, and he says, please give me a drink. We would say please, but obviously in the, in the translation is, can you give me a drink? And so first, the first principle of our communication to our community is we need to discover the art again of having ordinary and normal conversations. Very, very important. An ordinary conversation. We were witnessing once in a church and I was trying to get people to get involved and this chap said to me, no, I don't want to come because I don't want to have ordinary conversations with people. And I said to him, well, unless you have an ordinary conversation, it won't carry on and follow on to talk about Jesus. You've got to be able to have an ordinary conversation. You've got to be able to talk about the nuts and bolts of life, the basic things. But of course, we live in a world where people are caught up in their tablets and their phones and all the time people are doing that. 
And I heard about my family when I was, I've just been in Weymouth for a week, I've come back and heard about my family there. There's a, a father and mother and two children and they sit in the room all on their iPhones. And what they do is they're just doing that. They don't speak to each other. And so because of that then, we can lose the art of conversation. We can lose the art of being able to communicate just to get to know people because of the technology that's around us. So it's important when we live in a world where there is that technology and people are not relating in the way that they need to, that we are an, we are an example of how to relate to people. So we need to have conversations and we need to develop those conversations, normal conversations I'm talking about, not spiritual conversations. We just need to be able to talk normally with people. And so we've just had the soft play cinema. Wow, what an experience as we said. And therefore, we were talking to people and it was so easy to talk to people. And it was normal talking to people. Uh, and it was friendly and it was warm. And what was coming across there was the fact that we're normal as Christians. And they were surprised people. It, it said this, well, they said, this isn't a church, is it? It's a church. Well, it doesn't seem like a Catholic church. Well, no, it's not a Catholic church. They said, well, what sort of church is it then? That was a normal sort of conversation. I said, well, it's uh, a bit funny, really. It's a funny sort of church because it's, it's unique. There's no other church like it around. And, and it's like, wow. And to be able to sit here, their children are playing, we're drinking coffee, we're sitting around and just chilling out and having normal conversations. And I, have, I had loads of conversations during that week. Um, and I have to say that the mothers and the grandmothers were more free in their conversation. I, I talked to some fathers and had good conversations, but some of them wanted to know what I wanted to talk to them about. You know, and they, and they looked at me, what were you talking to me? And I had to show them my welcome. I said, I'm part of the official team. <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> and, and so, but people are not used to having a normal conversation. And that's what the first point we learned there. Now, after this woman then responds to Jesus and saying, um, what are you doing talking to me? You're asking me for a drink of water. Two things, I'm a Samaritan and I'm a woman. That's a big thing, a big thing. And what this talks us about is those no-go areas that we have in our life, those areas of prejudice and judgment that exist for all of us, uh, which we need to control because we can't have normal conversations and relate to people if we don't accept people unconditionally. God is love. Jesus, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So our whole attitude has got to be one of love. But all of us have got prejudice of some form or other. He said, what, me? And I've been surprised in my life, the prejudice I have in my heart. I've been walking with Jesus, following Jesus for many years. And one day I was driving through London, Stamford Hill. And in Stamford Hill, there's a big Orthodox Jewish community. And as I was driving through there, I, it was the middle of summer. I was dressed down in my shorts and everything else. And these men were wearing fur coats, fur collars, furry hats, really dressed up as if it was the middle of winter. And as I looked at them, a horrible feeling came up through me. And I was thinking, how ridiculous is that? I was surprised. I thought, well, I thought I was a sort of an open person. You know, I'd accept people as they were, but I found myself reacting in a way that I was not pleased about. And this can happen to us when we think about communicating in our community. We can find that there are areas of prejudice. There are areas of judgmentalism. And we can judge people easily. You know, we have a big problem around the area with drug addiction and alcoholism. And when I go and deliver uh, mail for the Royal Mail, which I do three days a week, 
I see some terrible situations. You go in a block of flats and it's an estate and there are people lying on the floor and uh, you know, people lying on dirty mattresses. And uh, you know, people's lives are so complicated and they've got into such a state. And you know, children are running around and uh, they don't know where to go or they don't know where to turn. And it's difficult. It's very, very hard. And so in those situations, we can be judgmental and say, you know, they made bad decisions. They, you know, but that's no good because they're not going to be drawn closer to God by that attitude. And so we need to deal with those attitudes. All people matter to God. We must much watch our attitudes. And so after that then, Jesus continues and um, he asks for the drink after he's got over, you know, I'm a Samaritan, you're talking to me. Jesus then goes on to say from verse 10, he starts talking about the gift of God. He starts talking about if you knew, you'd ask and you'd get living water. Now this is, this is the beginning of the surprises that's happening. And now straight away, she's thinking, yeah, he wants to draw water. But she says to him, you've nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? So she begins to ask questions. And this is important in communication because we want people to ask us questions. And then Jesus carries on in verse 13. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. It will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So he's sharing some real big truths here about spiritual reality because this is the next place we're going after we've had the normal conversation and that could last for weeks, months, even years. You know, we're not on a, we're not on a, a hundred metre race here to get there. You know, sometimes we, those of us have been brought up in an evangelical and Pentecostal atmosphere, people need to get saved. So we're focusing on getting the people saved. They need to pray a, pray a sinner's prayer. They need to surrender their lives and we're focusing all the time on, but the trouble is today that people haven't got the knowledge and the information about who God is, what God's character is, and it's a problem. When I was young, I used to go to Sunday school every week. At Sunday school, I used to be there in the morning, through morning church, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Who can remember those days? Yeah, that's right. It was full on. It was a really tiring day, not a day of rest. But it was in those days, and then even people who were not Christians would send their children to Sunday school because it was a thing to do, because they needed a break. I mean, Sunday was a a horrible day. You know, there were no shops open. I mean, today shops are open. There's places you can go. People like to get in their cars and drive. But in my day, you didn't do nothing. There was no traveling anywhere. You were just at home. And there were no televisions. There was a radio, but I mean, that didn't go on at all because it was, you didn't do anything on a Sunday. It was a day of rest, apart from going to church. (laughs) That wasn't a rest. But the thing is, if you're in that environment where you're hearing the word of God, where you're learning the stories of Jesus, you're learning and you're involved in the worship, it's starting to move upon you. You're, you're beginning to understand different things. You might not understand it fully, but you begin to appreciate this is what it is to be a Christian, even if you're not a Christian. So therefore, when we were young, that people of my generation, we got a lot of input. So it meant then that when I was a bit older and I went on the street and I had a tract and I could say to people, you know, have you thought recently about your life and what, what happens between you and God? People had something within. They were, they were convicted. They'd think, yes, I've gone a long way from what I know I need to be. And if I said to them, 
Would you want to, you know, say, be sorry before God and accept Jesus? Many people would say, yes, I want to do that now. But when we do that today, because people have not got the knowledge of the Bible of God, if I say to them, do you want to accept Jesus now? They laugh at me and say, you've got to be joking. You, you think I want to become a Christian and belong to the boring church? You've got to be joking. I've got a life. You know, I want a party. I said, well, you could come to our church and you'd have a party. But I, but I don't say that to them at that time, you know. Because th- that's what they're looking at. They, they think that somehow church means there's no party. You switch everything off and you have to be... But of course, they don't know the truth. Of course, they will come to know the truth. But this, time, but this is the problem we're talking about here, moving into the spiritual side of our communication. The problem is they haven't got enough knowledge and information for the Holy Spirit to take. Now, the Holy Spirit can do miracles, of course. You know, people can have a dream and they, they have a revelation of Jesus and they, they want to come to Jesus. So that can happen. I'm not saying that's not, but I'm talking in the general main of things. People don't know. They don't know what's going on. So like when they come here, soft play week, well, what is this? Is this a church? You know, why have you got playtime going on in the middle of the church? Surely this is a sanctuary, a holy place. I see it is a holy place but not in the way that you think. So it's important that we educate our community in some way. That doesn't mean to say we're going to hold Bible classes and we're going to say, you know, educational situations, but it means that you and I have got to be open books that people can read. We've got to be an example of what it means to know God, what it means to follow God and have the faith to put into practice everything that we've got in this word. We need to be examples. Oh, thanks. That's the only time... People don't usually give applause when I'm speaking, you know. I was, I was in a place and I say, right, if anyone's got any problem in what I'm saying, please come and speak to me. Well, it was such a long queue. <laughs> they were queuing up to get in. I'm thinking, oh, no. Unfortunately, what happened was that in that church, they had coffee in the middle of the meeting. Perhaps they thought that was going to happen, so they, they'd give a space. So at least then people would have coffee while the queue was going down, telling me what they didn't like about what I was saying. And I'm such a nice person, you know, I was really, I found it hard to handle, you know. But anyway, it's good because I knew I'd done nothing wrong. <laughs> so it was okay. So that's the, tr- I shouldn't have said that about laugh, you know, the applause, because that's put me right off my train of thought now. You know, I never was very good in preaching, you know, earlier. And they always used to say, you're not a very good preacher, Castle, because you get sidetracked, you know, too easily. So anyway, let me get back on. We're talking about moving into the spiritual <laughs> side of this communication. So Jesus is sharing with us spiritual truth. He's not explaining it, so this means this and means that. He's just telling her. If you knew, who could give you this living water? And she's listening to that, and she's thinking, oh, he's talking about drawing water. And then she goes on to say, um, in verse... I've got to get my eyes tested. In verse 18... No, it's in verse, uh, verse 15. Sorry, yeah, I've got there in the end. God, even he's clapping over there. My mistakes. That's Jim Warren. You've got to watch him. Jim Warren, he's a bit of a lad. I could tell you a few stories about him, but I'm not going to today. It's not the place. But maybe later, you know. When... <laughs> verse 15, she's heard what Jesus said. She's heard that he's saying she could ask and get this living water that she understood that. So she says in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So she understood what he said, but she thought he meant physical water. 
some sort of magic well, you know. You only need to drink once and then that's all you need. But he wasn't saying that, of course. So this is good. So you're now knowing that communication is happening because she heard what he said about producing the water and she said to him, please give me this water. At the minute, there's no spiritual life and no spiritual reality here. It's just that she has been, he's communicated well because she's heard what he said, that he's offering the water. So she understands what he said, that he can give living water, but understands this in a physical and not a spiritual way. And she asked for this water. So that's good. So she asked for the water. Now we're coming to the point where we're getting deeper spiritually in the whole situation because he shared a spiritual truth. She's not understood the spiritual truth, but now something miraculous. Now we come to the miracle. The miracle is now going to happen. And this is what we need to look out for in our conversations. We've got ordinary conversations. They will lead through to spiritual aspects of conversation. And then it will come through after maybe weeks, months, years to this And Jesus says to her a very subtle thing. He says, go call your husband and come back. (laughs) That's a simple question. He's talking to the wife, you know, uh, and therefore, you know, they're having a bit of a conversation. So bring your husband. But of course, Jesus knows what's going on here. And she says, I have no husband. Okay, so that's straightforward communication. But then Jesus takes it forward and he says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Well, that is a powerful revelation. I can think of people I would say that to and they would think, who do you think you're talking to? But this woman does not react like that. She takes it all on board because he's spoken the truth. She then says, I perceive that you're a prophet. So straight away, the Holy Spirit now has gone through Jesus and what is his relationship with the woman and through his words and touched the woman's heart by bringing her to the truth. He's brought her to the truth. And now this is where we talk now about moving in the Holy Spirit when we're involved in communication. We need to always move in the Holy Spirit, even in the normal conversations. But when we get to that point of spiritual breakthrough, we really need to find out how we can really move in the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus here is operating a word of knowledge in the gifts of the Spirit. He's offering, the woman never told him about her family circumstances, but he knew the family circumstances by the Holy Spirit speaking to him. So the word of knowledge is something and other gifts of the Holy Spirit, word of wisdom, faith, healings, miracles, so on. These are all the gifts. We need to seek by moving in these things with the people we're with. So that when we're with people, we have a normal conversation, we're always praying, Lord, give me a revelation, an insight into this person. Is there something you want me to say? Is there something you want me to do? It's very, very important because too much of my experience of communicating to people outside has been all to do with logic. It's all to do with logic. You know, it makes sense. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what do we need to do? We need to repent. We need to believe. We need to be baptised. It's all very logical because it all makes logical sense. But but that's no good for us today because we go to university now and we learn all about logic, what you can believe, what you can't believe. And, you know, when I was young, people didn't go to university. I mean, I don't know how I slipped the net. But anyway, I mean, I, I went to college, okay, and I studied, but people don't, didn't go to university. I mean, when I was at Bible college and I was studying theology, 
there were maybe in a whole, you know, a hundred so students, there were only about five who were doing a degree of that. In those days, they didn't do degrees, only the top, you know, academic ones, the brain ones. So most people didn't do degrees. I did a diploma. You know, it, didn't, it hasn't hurt me, you know what I mean, doing a diploma. But the problem is, because we all go to university, most people go to university, we study at a level which develops our logical thinking about what can be true and what is not true. And so therefore, when people read the Bible, they read the Bible with logic. And they say, well, that can't be true because of this and this and this. And so, you know, people say to me, well, how can you believe the Bible? I say, I believe the Bible because I take it at face value. I believe the Bible because I read the story like this Bible story now, and I believe it with all of my heart. I don't say, well, can you believe that? Is that true? Could that have happened like that? Could that miracle? I don't do that because there's no answer to that. I only end up in confusion and disappointment. So that's analysis. There's a big issue in the church. Because of our education, we're taught to analyse everything. So we analyse the Bible, we analyse the stories, and we end up with nothing. Because in the end, you can't believe anything. Because you can rationalise it all away. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that is a statement of faith, because it says in the Bible, he is, and I believe that with all of my heart. I have based my whole life on the truth of what is written in this Bible, the whole truth, and I've never deviated from it. And when people say to me, well, what about this, this development, that development? I say, all I know is this is what the story says, and the story works in practice. The story works in practice, and that's all you need to know. And where people are struggling to analyse, and they will see with me the simplicity of simply accepting. And that's what we need to get to, a simple way of belief in the scripture, of living the scripture. And of course, we need to make sure then that our lives stand up to the level of living out the scripture. You know, that's the other problem. Because, you know, people are looking at us and they say, well, if you're a Christian, I'm not sure if I want to be one. That's the problem. Because, you know, there are Christians that claim to be, but their characters do not live up to it. And that's what we need to do. So as individual believers, and we're thinking about communicating to the world, we must make sure our characters are like the characters of Jesus. That's what we have to do. We have to work on that. And if you find that hard, you need to speak to people to help you to grow that character. And so then, he's given us word of a revelation, and we are saying we need to move in those revelations too. And the other thing is healing. It was great to see Rob's testimony in Facebook this week, because that's very important for us all. We need to bring these testimonies of healing to the front. Because although people will say to us, you know, it's a bit, um, it's a bit inconsistent, because that is the problem. It's inconsistent because sometimes a person is obviously healed and sometimes a person is not. But the thing is that healing is a process. And when the Holy Spirit touches you, he touches you in some way. And, and that's the way God works. And we need to carry on in that sort of way. And we need to believe for what we've seen in the Bible to become the reality we need to see the reality of that. So the way to do that is keep walking day by day in the faith. So for instance, one of the big things I do in Royal Mail in Luton is that I make sure that people know I'm willing to pray for them all the time. Because people will, you know, what happens is people want to share their life story with you. If they think that you're, you can listen, if they think you're listening, they want to share with you. 
And so they, and, and most people have got issues and difficulties. There's nobody that's sort of completely good. There's always some little issue and they will share something and say, well, we're having difficulty with this. It could be health, it could be situation. I say to the next thing is, do you want me to pray for you? And they look at me, do you want to pray for me? Do you want to pray for me here? Well, I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But I said, well, no, I don't have to pray here. I said, I'll be praying for you and I'll be talking to you. We'll, we'll keep talking and we'll see how it goes. So people get to know that I'm willing to pray. And so it's got to the stage now where I'm saying I'm praying for people and they say to me, thank you for praying. So on, on my journey of communicating the gospel, that's an important one in terms of the Holy Spirit's power because prayer is powerful. And so we need to make sure that we are keeping in that spiritual thing. We don't have to blow a trumpet. I don't blow a trumpet. It's gone quietly around the back, but now the word is getting around. There's this Christian uh, in the office and he's a bit mad, you know. So the word is getting around, but people are also talking. They start to talk more. So, but it's a process of communication. You know, I used to get caught up in, they haven't prayed the sinner's prayer yet and they, they haven't come to Jesus. They're not in church. But I've had to give all that up. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's leading the process. The Holy Spirit. And it's his, his, in his time that it's all going to happen. It's all going to take place. Because the timing of God is what it's all about. You know, we could be talking about the God situations, the God opportunities. There's another word for it, isn't it? The God slot. No, not the God slot. The, um, the God opportunity, the uh, divine appointment. I knew I'd get there in the end, yes. The, the, God, the God appointment. And you find that, so therefore take the soft play week again, you know, you know that there are certain people you ought to speak to more because the Holy Spirit will bring out from them and you'll have more of a conversation with them, which will move, and it did move into the spiritual reality in some of those conversations. So therefore it's the God appointment. It's the God appointment and that's what happens. And when you wake up in the morning, Monday morning tomorrow, you know, Bob Geldof saying, I don't like Mondays. But of course, Monday can be the greatest day of the week. It can be the greatest day. So you wake up Monday morning, you say, Lord, what are you going to do today? You know, how are you going to use me today? How are you going to speak through me today? So straight away, you're open. Straight away, you're expectant. And then what you find is, he does, there's no answer comes, like, I'm telling you, you will do this. It, you just carry on with your life. And then you find that there are people that seem to be hanging around a bit. So anytime someone's hanging around or there's a situation where you, you're, you find that you need, you're speaking or listening, that's a God appointment. So you need to get hold of that. So whereas we're all so busy, you know, we were talking once in a, in a, in a seminar, we were talking about, you know, the need to be open to our community and, and to be aware, especially when you go to the supermarkets. I love supermarkets. You know, supermarkets are places where we can really see a lot of God appointments and we need to be open to the God appointments in a supermarket. And so therefore, we've had this seminar and afterwards, we talked about being open and, and everything else. I saw Helen look at her watch, so I'm going to really try and bring it down now. You know, that's always a sign she's thinking, how much longer is he going to go on for? You know, God, hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Cut off. I do want to finish what I'm saying though. You know, I want to finish what I'm saying. I've only got one sheet of paper. Look, you know, I haven't got a, I haven't got a lot of piece of paper. <laughs> No, I'm joking, Helen. You know, we've known each other a long time. You know, I've known her since she started the church with Doug. You know, so we can have some fun. Okay. So, this woman has really opened up now. And what does she do next? She then goes back to her community. 
she who herself had been outcast in her community, she goes back and says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And Jesus never told her everything she ever did. All he did was put his finger on the root of her issue and her problem. That's what he did. But she felt so released by that that he told me everything I ever did. And that's what Jesus does. He totally revolutionises your life and changes everything. You know, and it's a fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, Jesus is a life changer. He came to make all things new. He came to make, give life and life in all its fullness. That's Jesus. And we live into that. That's what we need to do. You know, we've all got our issues and our problems and we all sit around and we, we moan and we say, but the truth of the matter is, for some people, we've got no problems. You know, so I'm not going to go around moaning that I've got this and that. I'm going to live for the full. Obviously, there's a problem with that because I might need prayer and I don't ask for prayer. Okay, so that's the other problem with that. So it's a balance of those things. You know, we need to get the balance right. So she goes and tells them, come and see everything I've ever did. So this is where we talk about our testimony. And we need our testimony. Rather than knowing scriptures, our testimony is a good place to be, our testimony. And that's very important because people want to know, well, how did you come to Jesus? You know, people want to know, well, how, what has Jesus done in your life? What is the difference? People want to know that. And it was great hearing Elsie's testimony earlier because that was a life testimony. Well, we thank God for your life and all that's happened. You know, he's kept you. You know, we thank God for that. So our testimony is very important where we share with people. So we've talked about praying for people, the gifts of the Spirit, but also what was your life like before you came to Jesus? It's important to remind that. I mean, it's a long time since some of us were baptised. You know what I mean? And we forget what we were like before. And you do forget, and that's good. We thank God for that. We forget. But really, we need to remember because there are people still in the circumstances that we need to come through. So we need to be aware of that. So before you met Jesus, write down, this is the homework, write down some little points <laughs> of what your life was like before Jesus. Because it's important to be able to control and you did that very well, Elsie, because you had your phone there and you were keeping to that and then you even at the end pushed it on quick, you know, to do. I was looking at that, that was excellent, excellent. But, what? yeah, and I'm gonna, I've only got, you know, I'm, you, you can tell, look, I've only, I'm at the bottom, I'm at the bottom now. If you can read my writing. <laughs> you can't read my writing. Oh, dear. Not even Mary can read my writing. You know. And definitely not Rebecca. She can't read the writing. So test me. Before you met Jesus, then the second thing is how you came to know Jesus, how you came to that point. Was it in church? Was it with friends? Where was it? It's important. People need to know, well, how do I come to accept Jesus? What happens? You know, what is the, 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 the mechanism of that? So it's important. And then... Since I've been with Jesus, this is the difference. You know, I used to be losing my temper all the time. Now I only lose it occasionally. The thing is, if you've got a temper, you lose it. I mean, I never knew I had a temper until I was married. You know what I mean? No, I mean, it's true, isn't it? I mean, who's, who knows that when they got married, that was when their temper came out. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with the person you married. It's to do with you. Because it's always to do with you. And, and I can always remember the first time that it, we crossed. Oh, it was terrible. I felt the world had fallen apart. I thought, I thought you know, I'm, I'm following Jesus here. I'm the man of God and going through. I've got a wife who is with me, supporting me. And then somehow she's not what I thought she was. <laughs> oh, dear. Of course, that's not true, of course. But that's what you feel inside. You feel, God, this is terrible. You know, what have I done? You know, I've committed my life. 
you know, to this. And uh, anyway, 41 years later, ah! And she's still surviving. <laughs> she's still surviving. Amazing, isn't it? So the testimony is very important. Okay. And then the finally in the verses 29 to 47, oh, 39 to 40, 42, sorry. They came to Jesus and it says, since they came because of the woman's testimony and some came because they found out for themselves. So the thing is, a powerful witness to Jesus will always cause a reaction. It will draw people along. It will draw people along. And that's what we need. We need to forget about the politics, forget about what is wrong and what doesn't suit me and just live for Jesus. Get into the Bible Understand the Bible. If you can't do it on your own, find someone you can do it with. I was sharing this morning how I've been sharing with some of the brothers here and we, um, we have been getting into the scripture and it's been fantastic what we're sharing together. So find a friend, phone a friend, you know, find a friend. And if you want to, get alongside them and share the scripture together and see how the Holy Spirit will take that and, deli- and, and, and develop with you the whole thing about growing closer to him so that when people look at you, they say, Wow, you've got something I want. So that's the message this morning. Communication. Who didn't get the message? No, one or two people got the message. So that is the message. Old Clive's looking a bit stern there. But anyway, uh, I'll speak to him afterwards. Um, So uh, (laughs) I'm just going to pray now. (laughs) Because I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will totally touch us so that our, our communication is going to be greater and greater and greater and greater in the future. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for what we shared together about communicating the truth of you, how building relationship, communicating the truth, and what difference that makes. And help us, Lord, to be dynamically alive in you. Holy Spirit, will you fill us to overflowing this morning? Fill us so that we, Lord, are totally flowing in your, in your love, that people will, re- will re- receive that from us and people will know that this is the answer for their life. Jesus, and let them come to Jesus. So Lord, please, will you, by your power, lead us on this week. Amen. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless. God bless.